Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to a new episode of the World Cup Kayseri brought to you by the One Touch Talks. This is your host Mayuresh Matkar and today we will be taking a look at one of the most successful teams in the entire history of football World Cups. And yes, we will be taking a look at Germany under Hansi Flick who are at an upward curve. On the other hand, we will be starting with a team which is on the downward curve, which is one of the most disappointing teams in terms of the recent international tournaments. We will be talking about Roberto Martinez's Belgium side, whose golden generation is now on a decline. The golden generation of Belgium. It's something that the footballing world will think has miserably failed to deliver at the international stage. It was somewhat coming to its very peak in 2013. It was trying to get to that peak in 2013. Uh, in 2014, they played the World Cup in Brazil. It was all those good players. You had Dries Mertens there. You had Romelu Lukaku also playing. Uh, the young players from Ajax like uh, Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld. The Ajax graduates at that time were all those players. Eden Hazard coming into his own at Chelsea. It was a new signing at Chelsea at that time. Then the squad matured a little bit. And uh, we move into the Euros in France in 2016. The squad uh, gained a few more names to itself. You know, Kevin De Bruyne coming in, some other very good pieces to this puzzle. You know, Yanni Carrasco, the young Yanni Carrasco before he went to China, who was playing at Atletico Madrid. He came along. They were beaten in a very, you know, bad fashion by Wales in the in, in the quarterfinals, if I if I'm right. And from then, you know, 2018 World Cup, I thought that was the absolute peak of this Belgian. Golden Generation in 2018, they completely bottled it against France. I mean, they didn't even show up in that semi-finals in Russia. Um, they played a fabulous game, by the way, in the quarterfinals against Brazil and then against France. I think it was just ridiculously bad for for this Belgian national side. It's on from the decline from uh, that, uh, that that tournament in uh, 2018. It's four years now, four and a half years later, in Qatar. This is the final chance with a decline in quality of that same golden generation. Maybe it is Lukaku is not fit now. It's Axel Witzel who's getting old. Vertonghen and Alderweireld probably playing their last tournaments. Kevin De Bruyne is still doing what he does at, uh, at club level. Uh, you've got Tom Amunier there, still playing for this team. Thibaut Courtois, who was very, very young, very, 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 very young in that time in 2014 when the team went to Brazil. He's developed into one of the world's best goalkeepers and Real Madrid stalwart right now. It's just incredible how this team has taken shape. The thing is that the time has run out for this Belgian national side and... It could be a conundrum here. It, it really is going to be a conundrum where to really put this team. And it is a very unusual state that this team finds themselves in. Because at that time, in, even in Brazil or even in Russia, they had a very strong back line. The back line is declining. Now, we will talk about that as well. We talk about all these other players. The thing is, they know how to play in big tournaments. Yeah, they've bottled it, but... You know, they have been very, very good in terms of getting a squad together and getting on a run, getting on something which is really uh, meaningful in, in a sense. They haven't been convincing for quite some time now, but this team has been together for a long time. 
and maybe this time it clicks. Who knows? I mean, we have seen stranger things happen in sport and this is one of them. I think Belgium, with the squad that they have, they can really be an, a nuisance to handle in some sense for a lot of other teams. Uh, we'll straight away take a look at what this squad is for Belgium and they're managed by Roberto Martinez, one of the most uh, iconic guys right now in uh, uh, in in the managerial world because he want he was wanted by Barcelona not so long ago he was also uh, very much wanted by teams like uh, Everton back when they had that turbulent period as well so it's not the what do you say it 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 is still the uh, good manager there but he's not really lived up to his expectations whenever required. Uh, Thierry Andri is, assist- is his assistant. He's learning a lot about his game as well. He was back there in 2018. He's still right now uh, with the team in Qatar. So just just we'll take a look at the squad here. Uh, so with the goalkeepers, we have Thibaut Courtois from Real Madrid, Simon Mignolet, who's done very well at Club, Club Brugge. And uh, we've got also got Simon Castiles from Wolfsburg. Then we move into the defenders. There we've got... Two players who are playing in the Belgian league right now, in Jan Vertonghen, who's playing for uh, Anderlecht. And then we've got uh, Toby Alderweireld, who's playing for Antwerp. Then we've got Den Donker, who's playing for Wolves. Uh, uh, Fies is playing for Leicester City. Uh, Tiate is playing for Hen. And uh, Zino Debar, who's playing for Anderlecht right now. We move into the midfielders, and then we've got uh, Torgen Hazard and Yannick Rasko will be playing as left wing-backs. Thomas Munier is around there, and Timothy Castagne, who will be playing as right wing-backs. Apart from them, we've got uh, Uri Tielemans, uh, Amadou Onana from Everton, Uri Tielemans, of course, from Leicester City, Axel Witzel from Atletico Madrid, and Hans Van Aken from Club Brugge. And then we've got, moving to the forwards, there is... Uh, Eden Hazard from Real Madrid. There is uh, Charles de Quetelara from uh, AC Milan. You've got Leandro Trossard from Brighton. Dries Mertens, the experienced Dries Mertens from Galatasaray. You've got Jeremy Doku from Hen. Uh, Michi Batshuayi from uh, Fenerbahce. You've got Openda from Lens. And you also have the injured, currently injured, Romelu Lukaku from Inter. So that's a very decent squad. I won't say this is a good squad by any means. I think they have got very big and... Uh, you would say at best they've got some really big concerns in very important positions. You can talk about central midfield, centre backs, everything. It's 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 a big concern right now for me. And well, I think they still have got the experience to uh, cope up with it. I just don't think they have got a a real formula to get this tournament into the deeper stages. Um, we'll talk about the strengths of the squad and. We've got an experienced squad here with Belgium with a settled style of play. You've got players who've got more than 100 caps for their country here, like Jan Vertonghen, like Toby Alderweireld, like uh, uh, Eden Hazard, and the others, you know, Axel Witzel being one of them as well. You know, he's got more than, what, 120 caps, something, and it's just absurd. And, you know, he's, he's an incredible player when he plays for Belgium. But we'll have to see what, what, what how things stand for this guy. And again, uh, Belgium, something. Really uh, important for them, the core group of players again, apart from these 100, uh, we, we talk about the core group of, as well, you know, you've got Lukaku as a, one of those players, you've got De Bruyne, you've got Witzel, you've got Courtois, you've got Vertonghen and Alderweireld there, 
these are some of the players who are very much integrated into this in, in into this side. I mean, you can also talk about players like Dries Mertens in there. He's a Napoli legend, by the way, Dries Mertens. Um, again, a very, very important part of that squad. So we've got some really nice players who can just gel up and create a good game together. But this team is a bit too old for that. Um, we have got some of the... Uh, Best goalkeepers right now in this Belgium side. Thibaut Courtois, who's done incredibly well since the last two seasons at Real Madrid. Has been injured this season, but he's gathered up and he's doing what he does. He made a mistake, by the way, in uh, Real Madrid's loss last time around. I, I don't remember who, what the team was. At the weekend it was, uh, by the way. And I, I, I don't remember the name of the team. I've seen a lot of games, but I just don't remember the name of the team. It's the back of my head, but just don't remember. But he made a mistake back then on his near post. Yeah, but we don't expect him to do many mistakes in the future. Um, reliable goalkeeper, so incredible. Simon Mignolet. At times at Liverpool, it was a bit suspect about his abilities to handle big pressure. Now he's been at Club Brugge. He's done very, very good. And I think he's deserved his flowers. I mean, obviously, he's the backup goalkeeper for Courtois for a long time at Belgium. He's not got his due chances. I don't think he's going to get those. But maybe, just maybe, if uh, they get to the third third game and they already have settled a first-place finish, it can happen. But for me right now, I, th I just think, you know, Courtois will play for them in goal. And I think he's a very good... Uh, reliable goalkeeper to be honest is is just nothing like that and then we move into the midfielders i think they have got very good midfielders it's just that who that they choose to play i think you know you look at leandro dendonka from wolves you look at axel witzel yuri telemans kevin de bruyne hans van Aken, amadou anana at everton again a very very good player who's done incredibly well yuri telemans one of the most sought out midfielders right now in the world so I think in the end, they will go with the experience of Axel Witzel and Yuri Tielemans in that base of that midfield, just in front of that back three. So I believe it's going to be those two. I still think there is a bit of a suspect in there. There is a bit of a doubt that creeps into everybody's mind when you look at Axel Witzel and Yuri Tielemans because Witzel hasn't been in good form. Uh, Atletico Madrid as a whole haven't been in good form, but there is the experience of Axel Witzel there, which might come into handy. If you don't want Witzel to play there, you can obviously go with uh, Amadou Onana or even someone like Eliandro Dendonker, who can be a very good foil for someone like a UDT Limits. Obviously, they have got choices there. I mean, Hans van Aken can also play there, but he's more suited to an eight in a back three rather than playing in double pivot just in front of a back, back three. I think in a midfield three, Hans van Aken can play. I just don't think that will be the way... Um, this Belgian side will go go for this tournament. I just think they have got a settled base with that 3-4-2-1, and I think they'll continue doing that. For now, I think Witzel and Tielemans should be starting, given the experience of Witzel and the talent and the form that is shown by Yuri Tielemans. He's been one of the bright sports of Leicester City of late. I mean, the team's not been doing as good as expected. Obviously, you can point out to James Madison, and the other one, I think, is Yuri Tielemans. These two have been the... Um, brighter spots for, for for Leicester City and I think they both will do a very solid job um, yeah I mean I think that's uh, that's it with the strengths I think we move on to the uh, again another strength of this side I think the wide positions very good uh, very good options there 
Uh, I think Yannick Carrasco will start alongside Thomas Mounier on the right-hand side. Um, Yannick Carrasco, again, a lot of uh, criticism about him is that he is very much you know, wasteful with his final ball at Atletico Madrid sometimes, but I'm a big fan of Yannick Carrasco. I think he's got very good talent. He's suited to play at left wing-back at Atletico Madrid, and I think he should be playing here as well for Belgium. It suits him with the way Belgium play in a back three, with him playing as a left wing-back. It's not different. I mean, it's different in terms of playing style. Belgium will be very much attacking at Atletico Madrid. He had to cover a lot of space defensively and make it a back five. It's not going to be that case here. He's going to get a lot of freedom. He's a very good craftsman. He's got a very good final ball as well. The decision-making sometimes can let him down. But I think he's a very good player there. Torgan Hazard has has incredibly declined in terms of uh, his quality now at Borussia Dortmund. The thing is that he's, again, a very much trusted guy of Roberto Martinez. The thing is, uh, he's not getting game time at Dortmund. I mean, the first choice left back is going to be Rafael Guerreiro, but so he's not getting any game time, and that's been a big problem for Torgan Hazard. I think he's still very much suited to play as uh, as as a left wing back. Although these two players are very much right footed, their right foot, the right foot is much more dominant. The thing is right now that I think these two players are much more suited to the left wing back role. And then you've got Tom Amunier and Timothy Castanier. Timothy Castanier, again, I think will play second fiddle to the experience of Tom Amunier. And Tom Amunier, by the way, has done very good this season at Borussia Dortmund. So I think he deserves to start at the right wing back position he's got all the experience in the world to uh, go with that again a very good disciplined player in in all honesty and not just a player a very disciplined guy to uh, to, to 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 cope up with as well. he's he's a very interesting person i've seen a few of his interviews and by the looks of it he's someone who does not like any nonsense i mean i saw one of his interviews since he left uh, paris saint-germain and he was very much critical of the way people had the lifestyles there, not just for the lifestyles, but the discipline that the team had, in all honesty. Even him and Cavani didn't like things that were going on in in PSG. So he's a, he's a very disciplined guy. Obviously, you can't doubt him about his uh, footballing qualities. He's got his own strengths and weaknesses, but he's got his, uh, uh, his, his own game plan to cope up with, and I think he'll do well here. We'll talk about the weaknesses now. And the big weakness now for me is the back line. And it was good until it lasted. I mean, Vertonghen, Aldevaro, and Vincent Kompany. These three were the back line for, for, this, for this Belgian national side. I just don't know what the things are going to be now uh, come the World Cup. Because if you look at the back line options, you know, Theater from Hen. I just don't think he'll be getting game time. Wout Faye from uh, Leicester City. Well, it's again very much, very much in the air. You know, it's they've got Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and Valfire. I think Zino Debar. Again, if you can point fingers at people, but it's just not good enough here. Um, who's another player who used to play there? I, I I don't remember his name. I mean, used to play for Hertha Berlin. He's moved on from Hertha Berlin. He's now playing somewhere in the Middle East now. Uh, this is in the back of my mind. Is that player again? Someone you know? Uh, he he was again not very good. You can obviously play Leandro Dendonker in the in the back line, but I just don't think he's got the tools to deal with a very good attacking line. I just think Vertonghen and Alderweireld obviously they've got all the experience in the world. Uh, they're good ball playing centre backs as well. You know, Ajax academy graduates, so uh, 
you can you can really bank your money on them to be good. But again, Zino De Ba, Val Fies, I just don't I, I just don't get any confidence in this back line. I I don't I think against a team like Argentina, if they come up against a team like Argentina, uh, or even someone like a Spain, or even for that matter Germany, what they have to do is to sit back and defend, which they can be very comfortable at because they are good, solid, experienced, and they have the IQ for doing that. I think you can talk about their decline in terms of age, in terms of quality. I don't think they can run anymore. But the thing is that they are experienced enough. They have got all the experience. Just ha- if they just have to sit back and defend, I think that it suits more to this Belgian national side. If they come up against an Argentina or a Spain, they can't do well there. I just don't think if they, if they come up against a certain Brazil, they can fare well with them. I don't think they will do well against a team like Netherlands who have no... Players who can play different positions, different sort of, and the roles change dramatically. I mean, we've seen that in the Nations League, which has just gone by. And I just, I just think right now they are well suited to a side which will dominate possession against them. Obviously, we talk about point number two now, and that is the attacking roles and attacking roles. Well, they don't have Divo Corrigi in this team. Uh, I mean, Mishi Batshuayi, he's playing... I mean, call anything about him. He's still not the most, you know, we would say... He's not the better option right now. I mean, Lukaku is injured. He's a bankable option. He's always showed up for Belgium. He's got loads of goals for Belgium in his career. Luka Bacchio interestingly, hasn't been selected. He was very, very good this season for Hertha Berlin. I mean, obviously, might have not got the amount of uh, goals you would have expected from him, but he's been very, very good. And he was actually selected for the uh, national team in the Nations League, the last round of international fixtures. I don't know if there is an injury to him, because last game where he played at home against Bayern Munich, he was very good. He also grabbed a goal for that. I don't know what the situation is now with Luka Bakia, but I really thought that he would be one start, one playing. They've got Dries Mertens there who can play, obviously. He can do a steady job. He's not Luka, Lukaku or Batshuayi or anyone, or even Diva Corrigi for that matter. Uh, or Penda is someone who can play at cent, at centre-forward, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Mm, I mean, probably you can obviously get Charles de Catalara as well, but he's more of a false nine than a centre-forward. I don't know. I mean, Lukaku is not there, so it's a bit of a problem. The big problem, again, it's not centre-forward. I think you can still put in Dries Mertens, um, Dries Mertens and get a certain output there. It's the left-wing position. And for me, Charles de Catalara and Leandro Trossard have done immense for me to actually say that they deserve a spot there. But we all know that Roberto Martinez is going to go with Eden Hazard. It's just going to just it's it's going to disrupt everything now, because Hazard's not being good, and again he's got the experience to deal with it. But it's just still a thing. He's not be he's he's been good enough. He's not been able to get a starting position in terms of minutes ahead of players like Valverde who's not a midfielder Asensio is looking to get out of that club Rodrigo who is a rookie at that time when Eden Hazard came in 
So these three players are playing ahead of Eden Hazard right now. That tells a lot. I mean, he, and Ancelotti is also not hesitant to use players like Mariano Diaz. I mean, you can talk about it, but it's just I, I just think, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad to see what Eden Hazard's been going through. And I just don't think he's going to ever get to the level that he was or even get half of the player that he was once at Chelsea. Um, I, for one, think that Hazard will start. If it was up to me, I would have started Leandro Trossard for the, for the simple reason that he's got former at his side. Or even for, for some reason, if, uh, if, I would have, if I would have had the reins in my hands, I would have started Hans van Aken as well. I mean, I wouldn't have hesitated to put him into starting eleven. He's done well for Club Brugge in the Champions League. Maybe, you know, hindsight 2020, you could do anything. Uh, we move on to the starting eleven of this side. And Courtois is, uh, well, un- unsurprisingly, Courtois is going to start in goal. They back three, I think it's going to be a Vertong and Aldevar. And then you've got a choice to make between Zinu Debar and uh, Wout I, I Right now, I think Zinu Debar is going to start. I mean, Valtfeyer has started a lot of games for Leicester City. Maybe he can come into you know, come into the picture. I talked about the wing backs and the central midfield from left to right. It's going to be in this order. And by the way, it's going to be a three-four-two-one formation for me. So left to right in that midfield in that four. I'm going Carrasco, Witzel, Tielemans, and Munier up top. I'm going with Trossard. If it was up to me, I think Hazard will start, but I would go with Trossard. On the right of that two behind the striker, I will go with Kevin De Bruyne. Up top, I'll go with Dries Mertens for the simple reason that Lukaku has been injured. Once Lukaku comes back, he just locks back into that starting position. That's it. My uh, starting eleven for this Belgian national side. Um, possible route to the knockout stages if they finish first, which I don't think they will with a group that is so competitive. Uh, Canada are a team which they're having one of the best storylines of this tournament you've got Croatia who've got a very stacked squad as well you've got, they've got more bases covered than a certain Belgium obviously Belgium in terms of quality in terms of experience have uh, a better squad a better squad depth but in terms of what they have to do on the pitch I think Croatia have got more idea of it uh, then you've got Morocco, and Morocco have got some very good defenders, good fullbacks. They've got uh, Yusuf El Nesri leading their line, or whatever you might of that. And uh, they've also got back uh, um, Hakim Ziyech. So, I mean, uh, Miocic, the before the manager of Morocco before, he was just getting this team downwards. I mean, they were on a downward spiral, but now that they've changed managers, Hakim Ziyech is back, and I think they will be a very good force to reckon with I just think at the moment I would go with a very settled side of Croatia to top the group then Belgium comes second and again it does not matter who they where they finish they are going to play one between Spain or Germany I think Spain suits them if they play Spain I can see them going to the quarterfinals and that's that I don't think any, if any, t- any team that they play in the quarterfinals should be beating B- Belgium because even if it's Portugal, if they, if they, I think if it's going to be Portugal if they finish first and it's going to be probably going to be Brazil if they finish second. I think even against Germany, I think teams like Hungary, if they can create problems for Germany, so can uh, 
teams like uh, Belgium, but if they play Germany or if they finish second and they play uh, the, ra- the round of 60 and the beat team in the round of 60 and they move into the quarterfinals, Brazil, I think any team they play in the quarterfinals should be beating uh, Belgium. I just don't think they'll go past the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals is at most I'm just getting them uh, to. I think if it's a once-in-a-lifetime performance by Kevin De Bruyne or someone like that, you can still go to the semifinals. I just don't think that is their level. I think the level is quarterfinals at most. They should get into the round of 16, obviously. I don't think they will be winning their group. I think that will be the case for them. Um, what were your thoughts? I mean, I would be intrigued to hear, hear your thoughts. I mean, you can uh, share them on Twitter or even on Instagram or somewhere like that. And we'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's a very congested side i think they've got a problem of plenty in some areas some areas there's just no options left we'll see what happens come the world cup so we move on to germany and it's very funny when we talk about germany with the talent that they have from the bundesliga and from some of the other leagues in the world as well they are one of the most stacked sides in terms of uh, what they want to play and how they turn up for games and this has been one of the most strong points of the German national side, that they know their identity. But the thing is that they, this team is, I think it's pretty young in terms of where they want to be. And I think in 2026, this will be a team which we all knew from childhood. I mean, I personally, I mean, I would like to share my experience here because in my, in, in my childhood, I mean, and most probably all for the all other guys, who are my age growing up, I mean, watching since 2007-8, I mean, we were spoiled of watching Germany there. I mean, so many incredibly good players playing for that national side. I mean, I, I, I was a huge fan of Messer Ozil. I'm, I'm still a big fan of uh, Thomas Muller. I was a big fan of Miroslav Klose. Uh, I, I, I used to like Mats Hummels a lot when he used to play for Dortmund back in 2012-2013. I mean, we were spoiled of watching Germany just win things and almost get to the semi-finals. I mean, semi-finals was the minimum that Germany could achieve. Um, we, I, I was, I was what, twelve or thirteen when uh, Germany were to Brazil, and I knew what the uh, media attention was from Germany to. Uh, towards Jürgen Lowe and he was actually being said that he had to prove his worth to the German public in this World Cup and the odds were against him they had a very good squad I mean all these legendary legendary players for Germany playing back then I mean you still have Thomas Muller from there you still have Manuel Neuer from that same time Uh, Marco Royce he's missed out on this squad and he also missed out on 2014 because of injury I mean what a story there um, apart from those two, I think everyone else is there. I mean, uh, Matt Hummels has been snubbed off. Uh, I think he could have made a case because he's been very, very good for uh, Borussia Dortmund this season. I mean, I'll talk about that as well because there's some players who I don't think merit a place in this team. Um, there are few players who have been so integral to that 2014 side who are not playing right now, like, like just the like of Tony Kroos. I mean, he's still playing at a high level for Real Madrid, but he's retired from uh, international football with some the other guys as well. If you we talk about Messi, Ozil, one of my favourite players of all time, um, someone like a Schweinsteiger is retired, someone like a Philip Lahm. I, I, I was a huge admirer of Philip Lahm at that time. I mean, he was just a incredible 
personality at that time even at that young age of 27 28 he was just an incredible figure just like Joshua Kimmich if you if you'd say um, I mean there's a lot of parallels if you can draw between Joshua Kimmich and Philip Lahm that versatility that leadership that attitude on the pitch everything um, but yeah as I said you know we were just spoiled of watching Germany win everything or not win everything but just winning just just the winning every single game that came in front of them. I mean, you can talk about the 2010 game versus England as well. I mean, England would feel that uh, they were hard done by in that game. Steven Gerrard and all that thing happened. But I think in the end, I think Germany were the better side, in all honesty. Um, we talk about all these things, but we, we, we'll straight away move into the squad that has been announced. Uh, uh, that's This is the 26-member squad that has been announced by Hansi Flick. And we move into the goalkeepers. We've got Manuel Neuer from Bayern Munich, uh, Ter Stegen from uh, Barcelona, and Kevin Trapp from Adrian Frankfurt. I think there's no doubt about that. These three are the best goalkeepers uh, who are German right now. Um, defenders, we move into Armin Belakocha, who's been incredible for Southampton. And I'm, I'm glad that he's getting his flowers now. He was called up to the last national meeting as well. And he's, again, uh, got a, got a uh, call-up now. Uh, you've got Matthias Ginter and Christian Gunter from Freiburg. You've got Thilo Kerr from West Ham. You've got Lucas Klosterman and David Raum from RB Leipzig. Lucas Klosterman, uh, I just think it's a bit doubtful here. I mean, why is he here? Antonio Rudiger, by the way, from Real Madrid, the best centre-back right now, I think so. Uh, then you've got Nico Schlotterbeck uh, and Nicolas Zule from uh, Borussia Dortmund. We move into the midfielders and we first talk about the central midfielders. You've got Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich from Bayern Munich. Then you've got Ilkay Gundogan from Manchester City. And that's where the midfield depth gets completely away from you. Then you've got move into the attacking midfield some roles. You've got Jonas Hoffmann from Borussia Mönchengladbach. You've got Julian Brandt from uh, Borussia Dortmund. They've got Mario Götze from Antoine Frankfurt. A very surprised there. Um, and then we move into some of the other attacking options. You've got Karima Diemi and uh, Yusuf Amukoko from Borussia Dortmund. You've got Nicholas Fulkrug from Werder Bremen. A very interesting player. Have a look at him. He's a, he's a fabulous, fabulous player playing for Werder Bremen. Then you've got the Bayern Munich contingent of Serge Nabry and uh, Jamal Musiala, Leroy Zane and Thomas Muller there. You also have got uh, players like Kai Havertz from Chelsea who's having a very much of a suspect time at this moment. So that's your 26-member squad for German national side and it's very much stacked in terms of some positions. Some positions I still have my doubts over this team. Um... Is this team good enough to win a World Cup? I don't think right now. I think in time for 2026, I think they'll be a very formidable unit. Just don't think right now it's the time to just put all your eggs into a German basket. For, for, for the timing, I think you can be a bit patient about this German national side. Hansi Flick is doing a good job right now. I think in the, mo in the time to come, he'll get this national side to be at the very top of the European tree. I, I just think that they will be better than France, they will be better than Spain, they're better than all other teams. I mean, even Portugal or some of the other teams like that. I just don't think right now they have the level, they have the manager, they have the personnel. If things click for seven games, they can go to a level. I just don't think they are collectively that well sorted out.
at the moment. I just don't... I, that, that's my opinion. Obviously, you can have some other opinions as well. But what I saw in the Nations League, they cannot play well against a low-block team like Hungary. You see them play against Italy. They struggled against Italy. Obviously, you know, Italy had nothing to play, so there's not much pressure there. I still think they are a bit of a suspect when it comes to playing against low blocks, and they will play teams like Costa Rica and Japan, who will be in low blocks. I think Japan will be much more easier for them to, to deal with. I think Costa Rica, with the amount of experience that they have in the side, with the veterans and a very good goalkeeper in Keylor Navas, they can struggle a bit. I think even against Spain, I think they are a better side than Spain, pound to pound. I mean, manager is a bit of an even Steven Stair, Luis Enrique, Hansi Flick. You know, you can choose any one of those. I just think right now, think them going out of the group is should be the first thing they should be looking out to. It doesn't matter where they finish first or second. I think a lot depends on the other group as well. Who gets the easier draw if uh, Germany finish first and the um, and Belgium finish first as well from Group E or F it is I don't remember E F these two other the other group Belgium finish first they get the easier easier draw or if uh, Germany finish second and uh, Belgium finish first so Germany can again get an easier draw but they will be at the other side of the bracket we'll have to see how things pan out obviously for them we move on to the strengths of this German national side and uh, there's a strong relation between the Bayern Munich style of play and the uh, German style of play. So there are a lot of parallels that you can draw into and there are a lot of players who will be starting from that sort of a system. The Bundesliga system obviously has been about pressing, about high energy and a lot of players will be starting, will be playing in the Bundesliga teams, will be starting right now for the German national sides. You can obviously have some exceptions there. Maybe if Kai Havertz plays, he would be one. I just don't think he would be playing. But if he plays, he'd be one. And the other one I can't think of is Antonio Rudiger. I think apart from those, there's not much to choose between. I mean, Ilkay Gundogan as well. Um, but I think at, at, at their best, they will probably play Goretzka and Kimmich as their two uh, cent central defenders. I think uh, the amount of leaders that they have in the group is, again, another very strong point there. I think apart from the identity, the amount of leaders that they have. Uh, you talk about Rudiger there, you talk about Manuel Neuer, you talk about Joshua Kimmich, Thomas Muller is like a grandfather to all, all these other players right there. Uh, so yes, uh, the team has got a lot of leaders in there, a lot of characters, and they've got to play a big role in this German national side. The other thing is uh, that they have got a plethora of attacking options. And they're all young, by the way. You can talk about the young and upcoming uh, Yusuf Amukoko, the hot property in the uh, uh, full Krug, you can talk about Musiala, you can talk about Nabri, you can talk about Lira Zane, who's been incredibly good for Julian Nagelsmann and Bayern Munich this season. Uh, Kai Havertz, if he starts, you know, all these other players. Julian Brandt has been good in patches for Borussia Dortmund, I just don't think he'll start. Jonas Hoffman, a very important player at some times when he plays for Germany. So, again, keep an eye on him as well. So, very good attacking players attacking midfield options or whatever you have me. Um, again, goalkeeping position is a very strong point. I mean, Manuel Neuer. I mean, I will have to talk about Neuer here because Neuer is getting to that Buffon level status, in my opinion. He is probably one of the best goalkeepers that Germany will ever produce in the history. 100 years from now on, they will still talk about Manuel Neuer and what a presence he was in that German side. I mean, the character 
the the sheer technique of that guy and even the shot stopping abilities and everything in terms of a leader i think you could get not many better than manuel neuer i mean obviously philip lahm's one of them uh but yeah what what Manuel Neuer means for this German national side is just immense. What he's done for this national team is just incredibly good. And I think you will you will talk about this guy as well. And he's he's struggling with skin cancer. He's had a treatment again. That that's the reason why he was out for uh, Bayern Munich. He's come in and I think he'll play again and we'll see what uh, he he said that this will be his final tournament for the German national side. He's gonna retire after this. Probably this is the last season that he's playing for Bayern Munich as well. So we'll see what happens back then. I just think for now, with the amount of uh, things that are around the German national side, I think he would be the right player to play for them in the goal, in between the sticks. Because I know you've got Marc-Andre Ter Stegen there and uh, he's one of the best goalkeepers right now in the world because of all the clean sheets that he's been keeping in La Liga. But the thing is, right now, you put in Manuel Neuer because you don't want any more negative attention in this uh, in, in, the, in the setup right now. And I think Ter Stegen has accepted the second fiddle, uh, to play second fiddle at, for Manuel Neuer. And I th- it's not shameful, obviously, if you're, play for Man- if you're playing second fiddle to Manuel Neuer. I mean, he's a legend in German football. And obviously, you can play second fiddle to him. There's, there's no shame in that. Um, moving up uh, again, all the other strengths of this i think manager is one of his strengths because again he's one of the top tier managers of his uh, of, the, of the time right now and again incredible incredible pedigree that he holds into um i think those are probably the strengths that he can highlight into i think the weakness is very poor in beating the low block teams and we saw that with uh, uh when when they played hungary I think it's going to be more evident now when they play in the World Cup against Costa Rica or even if they get a team like Canada or Morocco or Croatia in the round of 16. That will be a big cha- big uh, worry for them, how they beat this side. And even if they play Belgium, I think if Belgium sit backs in defence, they could create a bit of a nuisance now for Germany. Uh, the other thing is their defence. I don't have much of a... I, I won't really have much of a stake in that defence. I think Ginter and Gunter at Freiburg have done well. Tilo Kehrer at West Ham. I just don't think he's up to that standard at full for the German national side. I think he can be a good steady Eddie, but not starting for Germany. Lukas Klostermann has been for ages in this German side. Has not translated in good form and I just think he does not merit a place, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, you've got Tilo Kerr there. You can obviously look at Nicolas Hulik and play right back or even someone like a Jonas Hoffman there. Um, David Raum, who's playing at left back. I think the other left back choice is Christian Gunter. They've not looked up at Robin Gosens and I think that's a problem there because I think Robin Gosens was injured for the better part of the season. He's come back and he also grabbed a goal against uh, Bologna at the weekend at the San Siro, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, 6-1 victory for... Inter, I think it was midweek, not in the weekend, but yeah, it did really well there. Um, so I think uh, probably if you want to play a back three system, I think uh, Gosens is much more suited to a back three system than David Raum at this moment. I think he should have been there. Centre back positions, Rudiger, I think, is a starter. 
Do you play Bela Kocab there? I don't think they will. I think Ginter will start. I think Schlotterbeck should start. Sula, I just don't think is that. Qu- I, I just don't think Sula has got quality enough to play for Borussia Dortmund either. I think he's a good player. Sometimes he can play well. I just don't think he's got that quality to play at that at that sort of level. I just don't know. We'll see how uh, it fares up in my starting eleven. But for now, I just don't think this could be the way. Um, I think they don't have much op- many options in central midfield. I think if something happens to Goretzka, which is happening right now in Bayern Munich, he's, he's very much injury prone. So if something happens to Goretzka, your two midfielders are Gundogan and Kimmich. And there's not much uh, quality decline from there. I just don't think there's much quality decline. But the thing is that you need to play more differently. Uh, Gundogan has been very good for Man City over the years. I just don't think right now he's at the peak of his powers. Kimmich, Goretzka, Gundogan. I mean, obviously Hoffman can play there. But I think he's much more useful to play on the wings or in an attacking position than in central midfield. So I think there's a conundrum there and I think they need to solve that as well. Again, in front of goal, I think attacking players on the wings and attacking players as a 9... Uh, as a 10 or even as a false 9, they're good. As a number 9, I think they are very short on problems. I, th- I think they're very short on options and not on problems, but short. They have, they've got many problems, they're short on options there. Um, the only player that comes to mind who can play number 9 in this side is Yusofa Mukoko or Nicholas Fulkrug can play there. Someone like a Muller can't do a job there, but he's not playing as a centre-forward for years. So who's your options? Maybe Havertz starts. I don't have Havertz starting, by the way. So, yeah, maybe Havertz starts and we'll see what happens back then. But for now, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, we move on to the possible starting eleven of this uh, German national team. And I've got uh, Manuel Neuer starting in the in the heart of that. Uh, in the heart of that team, in, in between the stakes, not in the heart of that team, but as a very uh, prominent figure in that side, and he'll start in between the stakes. He's also my captain. Uh, I am going with David Raum as my left back, Schlotterbeck, Schuller, and Rudiger as my three players who would complement Raum. And it will be a back four with Nicolas Schuller kind of playing as my right back. Uh, moving into the midfield, I'm going with Goretzka and Kimmich. I think they've got good understanding between themselves and they will do well together. Uh, moving into the attacking part of that side, I think Sané and Gnabry will start. I'm tempted to go with Jonas Hoffman because Jonas Hoffman playing at right wing has worked a lot from uh, Hansi Flick. I just don't think ahead of Sané right now with the form that he's in, is going to start. I, it's good that Sané is in because in 2018 we also know we all know what happened with him and Yogi Lowe with the uh, uh, indiscipline angle of uh, Leroy Zane's behaviour now that he's in he'll start for me uh, as my 10 in front of that midfield and in between those two wingers will be Jamal Musiala because of the sheer talent and the sheer skill and everything that he's put forward to me he's been very very good and in terms of the number 9 position you have to start Thomas Muller I mean obviously you have to start Thomas Muller I mean He's 33 years of age. I mean, he's been 33 for what past five years. I mean, it's, it's the greatness of this guy. He's one of the greatest players to ever play for Germany, in my opinion. 
He's one of the greatest ever players to ever play for a club like Bayern. And that's a huge, huge achievement for I, I just don't think he will be recognising what a player he is. I mean, if you look at him, he looks like a homeless person, doesn't he? Um, but he's still there. He's, I mean, if you look at him and all the other things that he does, I mean, the face recording uh, that he gave, the FaceTime to Robert Lewandowski, I mean, Levy Via coming, uh, <laughs> all those other things that he laughs, at the, uh, laughs in the football pitch and all those other things. But we all forget what an incredible footballer that he's been over the years for Bayern Munich. I mean, all the other things that he's done for this, for the for the country. Uh, I mean, the World Cup victory, two Champions League trophies for Bayern, uh, lots of Bundesliga titles, everything. An incredible player. It's such an incredible attitude. At that I mean, he can easily play until thirty-seven with the way that his fitness is. I mean, obviously. Mother Nature catches up with you. He's been an incredible player in the Champions League as well. He's got over 50 goals in the Champions League. Um, such an incredible player. I mean, we, we all talk about his funny side, but he's an incredible footballer. He's an incredible footballer. A real nice character to have in the dressing room. He is the next manager in line after Julian Nagelsmann, in my opinion, in the team right now. Not in, not, not for, I mean, obviously, if something goes south for Bayern Munich, they will sack Julian Nagelsmann and then they'll appoint some other manager. But right now, for me, after Julian Nagelsmann, the most senior player in that Bayern side is Thomas Muller. And we all know how much uh, Hansi Flick also loves Thomas Muller. So, yes, I, th- I think, you know, Thomas Muller, the, the, the footballer that he is, the character that he is, the, the experience that he brings to the team... And the sheer greatness of this guy is just incredible. And I think players look up to him, not just in Bayern, but also in, uh, um, in the German nationals. And there's a lot to learn from him as well. I think he's one of the best players to ever play for Germany, the best to ever play for Bayern Munich as well. He's an absolute legend of the game. And yeah, he deserves all his flowers. He just didn't, I don't think he gets the recognition for what he is, but I, th- I just think he's a fabulous, fabulous footballer to have. That's my starting eleven. I think it's, again, to... Sum it up. It's Neuer in goal. You've got Raum at left back. I would have liked to play uh, Hoffman at right back, playing Schlotterbeck at left back, and then play Schlotterbeck, uh, Rudiger, and Sula as my three, and then play Hoffman as my right back to give him much more of a freedom on that right hand side. I just think right now I play Raum, Schlotterbeck, Rudiger, and Sula from left to right in that back four. You go from Ben and Going up top, you've got uh, Goretzka and Kimmich again in that three. It's a 4-2-3-1, by the way. So in that three, behind the striker, I'm going from left to right in Nabri, uh, Musiala and Sané. And up top, it's going to be uh, the legend himself in Thomas Muller. That's what I've got for Bayern Munich. Uh, possible route to the knockouts. Uh, yeah, as I said, the round of 16 game, if they play against a Croatia or a Canada, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. I think any team that they can play in the round of 16 would be a struggle. But I wouldn't be surprised if they beat that team in the round of 16 and they move on to the semi-finals. If they play Brazil, I think the journey stops there. If they play Portugal, they beat Portugal and they go through to the semi-finals. So it depends on the bracket that they move into. I think Brazil, again, Brazil as well. They can beat Brazil in their own backyard 7-1. Who knows what can happen in Qatar? Obviously... Teams have changed, the managers have changed. It's not Scolari now, it's Chiche, it's not uh, Yogi Lowe, it is Hansi Flick. 
it's not the back line that it used to be, you know, Miranda, Dante, uh, David Luiz. It's a different back line from Brazil. You've got to have Neymar there and there. Germany have deteriorated. I mean, Schweinsteiger is not playing. Kroos is not playing. Not Lamb. You've not got Hummels and Boateng and all these other guys, you know. Uh, how it is who played at left back at that time you know, a really nice character to have Ozil's not there Miroslav Klose is not there lots of things have happened after that but I think still Germany is a formidable force I think if they get to that bracket they play Portugal in this quarterfinals they go through I think round of 16 would be a puzzle for me and if they can get through round of 16 I think quarterfinals should be a very incredible game to look at and Let's see what happens. I think they can create a Brazil, Brazil type of moment. It could be, it could be possible. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about what could happen for them in the, the next rounds as well. Uh, but I think again they need to get out of the group. I think it's possible that they can again falter. Twenty eighteen was a big wake up call for them. They have woke up from that, and I think they are on the right path. I think this tournament is a bit too early for them to judge. I think two thousand twenty four in Germany, the Euros will be a right time, and even in twenty uh, twenty six, that that will be the right peak for this German national side under coach Hansi Flick. So that's it from me today. Uh, be sure to check into my other World Cup case studies. Uh, we will meet at uh, the next. Uh, uh, for for the next uh, World Cup case study as well, where we will uh, undergo Brazil and Senegal, uh, is my as my episode number six. We'll do it on Monday or Tuesday. We'll talk about them, and uh, then the final one will be between Netherlands and England. I was going to do this Germany and uh, Belgium side tomorrow uh, yesterday, but uh, because of the squads that were going to be announced in late in the evening, I decided to go with them. Uh, today so yeah that's it from me today it's weeklypod.ott on instagram and weeklypod.underscore ott weeklypod.underscore ott on twitter so do check to uh, do check into my podcast there and we'll see you guys uh, in the next world cup case until then this was your host Mayuresh Matkar cheerio